The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! It's a magical night. So magical. It's a wonderful, magical night, Paul. We are here, and it has been one whole year. We're here. It's a year. Thank you, Susanna, for that lovely introduction. You heard right, folks. This is the Third Men Podcast one-year anniversary spectacular. It was 52 weeks ago today or one uh, Greco-Roman calendar year later. And James, we've learned a lot over this past year. We've, uh, we've interviewed the, the famous, the rich, the famous, the powerful. The unusual. Yeah, Mike. We had Mike <laughs> in there for a few. He's um, been in the mix. Mike's in the yeah, mix. We learned a lot. And uh, for those of you just joining us for, uh, if this is your first episode of the podcast, Sorry. <laughs> And uh, secondly, this is a Jack White Third Man Records History Podcast, and boy, we've just done so much this past year, James. That's right. I'm your co-host, James Kaminsky. Oh, I didn't even introduce myself. Well, that's, Susanna did it for us. But yeah, I'm Paul Kaminsky, and tonight we're going to do things a little a little differently. Yeah, I'll say. This isn't our typical format. Usually we talk about Jack White history and maybe do some Jack White games or talk about albums and, and reviews and all that sorts of fun stuff. But today, Paul... Yeah? Well, why don't you explain it? Sure. So for 52 weeks of this podcast, we have chosen our top 52 favorite Jack White songs. James and I are going to make the definitive list uh, of only be- our specific favorite songs. <laughs> this is definitive. Uh, and uh, we've got 52 raring to go and we're very very excited about it and James and I are going to go back and forth and we're going to fire match it we're going to tell you a little bit about what, what we like about the song and those of you in the in the audience here 
Those of you at home, you know, we want you to tell us. I mean, don't shout it. But uh, we want you to tell us uh, what your favorites are as well. You don't have to come up with a uh, list of 52, although, hey, if you have disagreements, if you think we got just everything way off base, we're happy to fight about it. Yeah, fight us. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to take a punch. <laughs> Let's do this. Ah, uh, yes. It's going to be an evening of magic and guest stars. And, and violence. Uh, and, <laughs> and violence. And uh, and we've just got so much in store tonight. And, and first, uh, just a thank you to everyone out there for supporting us over this past year. Aww. And we can't believe that uh, it's been a year already. James... When you and I began this this podcast in uh, 2016, a young Barack Obama was finishing his uh, term as second term Saturday as Night president. Live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the world was a different place, and uh, people were blaming units of time for the deaths of the semi-famous. We, I think, had a goal where we said to ourselves, "Hey, we can, if we can keep this going for a year and get delivered to you every week." Without missing a beat, every Wednesday, boom, 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 then we would consider the podcast a success. And James, with this episode, we will have done that. Yeah. And if in the editing process this did not make Wednesday, then James, we almost did that. <laughs> well, it sure would be a shame if something were to happen to your podcast, Paul. <laughs> Is that a threat, James? <laughs> no. It's just Adobe software, notoriously crashing. Yes, Paul, uh, we had a goal in mind. We're, we're reaching that goal, hopefully. And, uh, <laughs> and honestly, I'm shocked that more than us wants to listen to us jabber on about a topic so niche that even Jack White's disappointed in us. So I, uh, I'm happy... I'm happy to say we've made it to a year, and, uh, and here's to that. Yeah, here's to that. And uh, here's to Third Man Records for not suing us. And here's to you, the listener, the fab listener. We have hundreds of listeners now around the world. And uh, we're really, really excited that uh, you all want to share this with us. And normally this is where I interrupt the speech and scream something about before we get to all that. But James, I think we have a very, we would like to throw it to our special guest presenter today. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Callie Durga. Thanks, boys. At the Third Men Podcast, facts come first. Well, after the terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> but sometimes, when a new fact enters the fray, it needs a place to live. It's looking for a home, and it's found one in the segment called, I Think I Smell a Fact. What does this fact smell like anyway? I would ask them, but I'm afraid they would say turkey. That is the most... Astounding fact. The most astounding fact. The most astounding fact is the knowledge. Thank you, Callie, for that wonderful introduction. Yes, this is indeed, I think I smell a fact, and we've got a real stinky one today, James. Oh, man, this fact, potent. Potent fact. As Callie explained, I think I smell a fact is the portion of the show where we elaborate on a uh, on a fact we may have learned or 
something supplemental to a prior episode. Just something to put out there in the world, you know? Yeah, really shove it out there into that ether. Yeah, just shove it. This week, it actually comes courtesy of Callie Durga and me, sort of, a little bit. This is also partly a question. James, do you remember a few episodes back, we interviewed one Mr. Rob Jones? I do. Episode 47 and 48 of our podcast. In those episodes, Rob Jones, who does a bunch of artwork and graphic design for Jack White, has for quite some time, mentioned that he had heard or he had read that the White Stripes had covered the Lollipop Guild song Mm. and that that is what inspired him to come up with the Tin Man character for the all the White Stripes artwork that he had done and riff on that Wizard of Oz imagery and some stuff he would use throughout his uh, dealings with the White Stripes. Yes, I do remember this, and was a little sorry to hear that it was that and not Jean-Luc Picard saying Tin Man in Star Trek The Next Generation. The Tin Man. Uh, Deep cut. Thank you, James. So we have good news and bad news, or good facts and bad facts. The bad news is uh, we both searched long and hard for this Lollipop Guild song and could not find it. But the good news is, Callie says here, she did find the Stripes doing a cover of If I Only Had a Heart. It was on January 20th, 2006, at the tail end of the Get Behind Me Satan tour in Ericsson Stadium in Auckland, New Zealand. So that is pretty cool. That's some direct reference to the uh, to the Wizard of Oz. And- yes, and a direct reference to the Tin Man. The Tin Man. Obviously, this is not the only time Jack White would cover the song. In fact, he did so in 2014 hmm. at the Third Man Records Devil's Night um. celebration... On October 30th, 2014, where he lip-synced to the song, dressed as the Tin Man, miming along on the stage. Yes, he was dressed as the Tin Man at that Halloween Eve party. Romeo! I hear a beat. How sweet just to register emotion, jealousy, devotion, and really feel the party. I could stay young and chipper, and I'd lock it with a zipper, if I only had a heart. The makeup's very real, very, very professionally done. Yes, and we go into that a little bit in episode four of our podcast, so if you want to go, you can check that out. I did a little, I did a little poking on this one, and I found that this song was... Uh, originally written by Harold Arlen, born 1905 in Buffalo, New York. He composed all the music for Wizard of Oz and achieved his biggest success with Somewhere Over the Rainbow. He also co-wrote the standard Stormy Weather, funnily enough, a classic song recorded by Ringo Starr. Hey! Uh, He also wrote Accentuate the Positive, which was later recorded by Paul McCartney interesting i know those beatles yeah at age 15 he formed his first professional band which was called the highland arluck snappy trio (laughs) and in 1921 against his parents wishes he left home and i found all of that very funny and then there's no record of him after that (laughs) (laughs) so anyway james that was uh that's a that's a little fact i smelled for you that's a lovely fact paul please let me smell some more sometime when I reflect on that fact. Well, James, we've come to the portion of the show where we're going to run down your favorite Jack White tracks. Yeah, it's 
Take it to the charts. And we'd also like to introduce this segment with another special guest, James. Who's that, Paul? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Carl Butterball. <laughs> Expecting to be I boy, I just flew in from Tennessee and boy are my turkey's wings tired because they flew me. I don't know if you've ever been to a turkey farm, but way down in Tennessee at the Carl Butterball Plantation for Turkeys, we host a weekly gathering where we go. Song by song as to what our favorite Jack White songs are. As everybody knows, I'm Jack White's number one fan. And and so I would it would be my pleasure to announce the Third Man Podcast Top 52 Songs of All Time. As introduced by me, Carl Butterball. And let this be a lesson to you to never create. IP again. <laughs> uh, goodbye. The top 52 Jack White songs, first ever Third Man guest Mike Josias, and much more when the Third Man podcast one year anniversary spectacular returns. And now we'd like to kick it to Kate McCoy. Thanks, guys. Every episode of the podcast deals with a main topic. This week, we present to you a ranking of James and Paul's top 52 favorite Jack White songs. That's one for every episode of the show and week of the year. They could have asked what my favorites were, and if they did, I would have told them anything between the years of 1998 and present day. But without further ado... Paul and James present a semi-complete list of their favorite Jack White songs. James, we're going to kick things right off here with our first choices. And uh, do you want to go first? I would love to go first, Paul. The first song on our list of 52 Jack White songs is Hotel Yorba. Ah, Hotel Yorba. That's a good one. That's my my number one pick. This song, as I've explained many a time on this show, is my absolute favorite. It's folksy. It's uh, it's got a nice happy feeling. I don't know. I there's something about this song that really puts me in another place. I have a lot of good memories tied to this song, and it was the only mandatory Jack White song that was played at my wedding, and I was one of four people on that dance floor. Uh, 
<laughs> or six. I think it was six people. Me, my wife, Ariel, who was on a guest of the podcast. You, Mike Gisitis, another guest of the podcast. <laughs> and then Ariel's aunt and uncle, who are both big White Stripes fans. <laughs> that was a good time. So this this song is uh, is one of my favorites. It's my number one. Paul, what do you think? Well, James, I uh, think it's a great choice. It actually was It didn't make my list. But that's not because I don't think it's a terribly good song. In fact, I love it. In fact, as you as we played earlier in the year, I uh, it's one of three cover songs I ever performed in front of live living people mm. at an open mic night. It's a wonderful bit of songwriting. It's a great tune by Jack. It's uh, obviously off the album uh, White Blood Cells and. It's one of those songs that really uh, encapsulates just how easily White Stripes music can transition between a con- almost a country sound, and it sounds it sounds almost as natural in, in a in a Loretta Lynn vein as it does in the Stooges vein. So I think it's a great example of that again did not make my list. My list was maybe slightly more esoteric, but <laughs> a great choice, James. Very happy to hear it. Would you like? to take us to number two yeah so my first pick here is uh temporary ground chose that one obviously off of Lazaretto. I chose that because I think that might be it, at least for me personally Jack's uh, finest piece of songwriting in terms of lyric content and general song construction. It's it's filled with beautiful poetry and the the harmonies and the solo that he gives Lily May in that song not only blend well with his voice but actually elevate the entire thing in my opinion. Sometimes Jack's vo- I, Jack has a voice, you know, not unlike John Lennon or Bob Dylan or David Byrne. Mm -hmm. It's a rock and roll voice. It suits the music. It sounds honest. It sounds true. It sounds like he means it. But I don't know if it would be technically considered like in a technical way, good singing or technically proficient singing. But boy, does Lily Mae make him sound technically proficient it's yeah. like having she's like a she's like a walking auto-tune because <laughs> her, her whole deal is harmony so anyway and that song will always hold a special place for me particularly because i love lazaretto so much so my first pick temporary ground that's a good pick paul i would have chosen it myself it was actually on my list get it off it, it is <laughs> it i took it right off this song is amazing and yeah, Lily Mae's vocals, it was one of the first introductions to her vocals that we were able to discern. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that was her first vocal role in a Jack White song, but it's one of the first ones that, you know, she was a main player in one of the lead vocals in the song. And she does a really yeah, great... A featured performer. Thank you. That's the term. Uh, and she does an amazing job with it. Uh, she has that really nice pitch break in the chorus. And of Lazaretto's slower songs, this is the one that i think fit the best yeah I'd, I'd agree with that this was one of the best songs in that album and we both love that album right but this one really is a is a high point good choice paul very solid choice ah well thank you very much james and uh what do you got next the next song for me is going to be the same boy you've always known ah Another one I didn't put on my list. This is notoriously one of Jack White's favorites. He said if there was to be a song played at his funeral, this would be the one to play. It's really powerful musically. It's really powerful lyrically. And uh, it's 
many incarnations between the studio version on White Blood Cells and a lot of the live versions. I mean, he plays this one at the Chateau de Fontainebleau, and he plays it at the Rolling Records store when he was at South by Southwest at one of his first times there. He really resonates with this song. It's a song he wrote in his youth that still, I think, resonates with him now to this day. And it's a song, I think, that encapsulates Jack as, as a persona. I mean, he might be getting older, but he's still that same boy you've always known. He's still that young Jack White, and I think it comes through right. in this song. So that's my pick. It's fun you mentioned the uh, Chateau de Fontainebleau. I think we refer to that performance a lot on this show. It's partly because it's so awesome, but yeah, same boy you've always known. That song took on a new life for me just listening to it when we saw that performance and when he plays it with his solo acoustic band, particularly the, the pared down acoustic band, really took on a new life for me there too. So I, I think it's a beautifully written song. It's it's a, it's a great, it's a nice little slice of songwriting there from Jack. And uh, yeah, should should have made my list for some reason, did not. Hmm. Blasphemy, I dare say. Um, yeah. But would you like to take it to your next pick, Paul? Yeah, so my next one here is The Hardest Button to Button. This song really did have to grow on me. I, did you like this one when it first came out, James? Uh, I did because it was definitely one of his uh, more popular songs, and that music video really had a resonance. It really had a uh, cultural significance, I'd say. Yeah, people reference it a lot. Like, we talked about The Simpsons and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the video that really makes me love this song. Seeing Jack's, like squirrely kind of childlike face when he's singing the different verses in the video makes me like it a lot more. I didn't like this one a whole lot when I first heard Elephant. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Elephant was really the first Jack White album that, or the first White Stripes album that I had listened to in sort of real time. Like it came out and I listened to it. Blood Cells I sort of listened to a little bit after the fact, sort of like right around the same time, but a little bit after elephant i felt a, a closeness to and this one i just i just didn't feel like it was a terribly strong cut on the album i was more enchanted with other songs mm-hmm. which we'll get to in in this list but over time boy did this one like grow on me and you know now when i'm listening to it i'm hearing the technical proficiency of that band because by elephant boy were they a tight rock and roll group so it's funny the lyrics are funny there was actually some cover songs i heard of hardest button to button that made me appreciate even more hearing somebody else cover it it still sort of works and you can't really say that for a lot of jack songs because jack songs tend to be so personal it's hard to cover them so anyway uh this one grew on me a lot over time and i love the hardest button to button it's a good choice and yeah i'd say this song highlights some of jack and meg's best qualities jack and meg have a sort of telepathic bond in some ways where they they know exactly how they're going to play a song or when to switch it up or when to you know when to stop playing all these other things and you know there's a little subtle physical cues but there's also you know just knowing each other so well and this song i think illustrates that knowledge pretty well they're they're both in sync to a specific beat and that beat even though it's both of them playing at the same time seems very bare bones and so I think this song definitely highlights a lot of the White Stripes' strengths. Absolutely. So what do you got next, James? Oh, uh, let's see. My next song is Carolina <laughs> Drama. Yes, we're paying all the bills for years. Mama, let's put this body underneath the trees and put Daddy in the truck and head to Tennessee. Just then his little brother came in holding the milkman's hat and a bottle of gin singing la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la. 
another one I didn't pick. It's, uh, this song is, I didn't love it when it came out, and it grew on me. It's a Jack storytelling adventure. One of the very few Jack-centric storytelling adventures we get in the Tours. It feels like he wrote this alone, and everybody else was just there to, to help uh, tell the story. <laughs> it's, it's mysterious. There's really no reason for it to be it doesn't have a set ending in fact even at the end jack says go and ask somebody else it's a nice story that he's telling and uh the more i listen to it the more i love it and the acoustic recordings that came out last year 2016 made me love it even more hearing the acoustic version of it i love this song to death I don't know if we ever compared it to stuff from Desire before the Bob Dylan mm. album, but there's a lot of story songs on Desire. So this is sort of in that vein, you know? Very folksy, very Dylan-y, yeah. It's good. I, I think it stood out to me at the, at the time on Consolers of the Lonely. We should say uh, that was from the Tour's second album, Consolers of the Lonely. It was the album Closer. <laughs> and as an album closer, it's pretty good, you know? Like, that's a good way to end an album. It's one of the more Jack songs he's ever, like... Only Jack White could have wrote that song, I think. <laughs> and it is compelling, and I do like it. It's gotten a little... It's worn on me a little bit over time just because he plays it all the time. He, <laughs> he he really loves this song. You know, that isn't necessarily connected to its quality. I think it's a it's a quality, quality tune. Yeah. So what you got next? My next one is uh, I Fought Piranhas. Ah, nice one. So I chose I Fought Piranhas from the White Stripes' first album because, you know, I, I don't often, I like, I don't go back to their first album quite as much as some of their later stuff, but I Fought Piranhas is, in my opinion, a perfect song. It's moody, but it's vicious, and it plays with tempo, and it's stripped down, and it's some of the best blues that I think Jack White ever wrote, and I listen to this song a lot. And uh, actually, Under Great White Northern Lights was one of the things that highlighted to me just how cool this song is because throughout that movie they use bits of i fought piranhas as incidental music you know yeah uh so yeah real smooth love this tune i fought piranhas and what a weird friggin choice of theme for that song too like i fought piranhas is not the catchiest of uh, no. titles or be like lyrics but um man oh man is it give you a nice visual and it's powerful it's a good good choice good good song cool what you got next james next for me is uh is another stripes mainstay dead leaves in the dirty ground ah I gotta go. Some of these hits are hits for a reason. That's true. That's true. This song is one of the first Jack White's songs. He wrote this like well before the Stripes. He he wrote this. He played this with many of his other bands when he was younger. It is a good piece of writing, and it is a 
heavy tune and i love this song so very much i mean there's not much i can say about it really other than (laughs) i love it but i love it it's the blueprint for a lot of other songs he does Uh, he plays with a similar structure for a lot of tunes i feel like he used this for just about everything sometimes yeah but uh, yeah it's a it's a great song hard to argue with dead leaves in the dirty ground paul hit me with your next one yeah my next one is consoler of the lonely ah good one So this is from this is the opening track on the Raconteurs second album. And it's funny we both chose songs for the Raconteurs second album on these lists. I think this is another perfect song. It's a it's a perfect blend of Jack White and Brendan Benson songwriting. Uh, the Jack parts and the Brendan parts perfectly complement each other. It's a call and response without it necessarily being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the most badass rock and roll songs. I think Jack has ever had a hand in working on. So I I love this song. Part of my criteria when forming this list was, do I return to this song? Mm -hmm. And the answer with Consoler of the Lonely is, without a doubt, yes. Yeah, and another storytelling song that really has no definitive answer. It leaves a lot more questions than... Uh, you get answers to, yeah. but we think it's about coke. I think it's about cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Because when Brendan is those lyrics of Brendan saying, it's like it's describing skinny a as coke a rail. Feed, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Haven't yeah. seen the sun in weeks. Yeah, I think so. It could be about many things, but it could be. Yeah. But yeah, very good show. What you got, James? Next for me is there's no home for you here. Ooh. I regret not putting that on my list. This song is another song that I didn't care for too much when I first heard it, and it ruined me so much. A couple years ago, I, I was listening to it in the car, and that note that Jack sings yeah. in the middle of it is so powerful. It, With the feedback? Yeah. yeah. It, it's so irritating in just the right ways. <laughs> like, he's doing it... Yeah to illustrate the point and i think he really gets it across and it's such a good use of audio it's not music it's just yeah good like storytelling like stage making it's pacing like the because he juxtaposes that long feedback note uh this is for those you don't know this off of the white stripes album elephant i think it's track like three or four yeah three uh there's a really long feedback laden note and then not long after that it goes into a solo and then it's waking up from breakfast taking pictures so completely stupid just go away it's great songwriting it's so badass you know really really cool what you got uh great choice great choice james my next one is a relatively new one but yet not a new one at all love is the truth oh nice So this is the uh, the song that Jack White wrote for Coca-Cola that was sort of was recorded and done a studio version and they did this commercial. It aired one time and honest to God, I never really even knew it existed until it came out last year on the Acoustic Recordings album. It's a, such a happy-go-lucky song for Mr. Jack. <laughs> it's so optimistic. It's so not him. It's so McCartney. It's so effervescent. It's as bubbly as a bottle of Coke. 
I love this song. I think it's actually great pop songwriting out of a guy who's not really known for great pop songwriting, and I return to it constantly. Yeah, this song could find a home on a Jack White album or a Brandon Benson album. It's got that appeal to it, and uh, I think I I return to this song a lot, too. If I'm using your criteria of of how often I go back and listen to it, at least in the recent past, this is one that I go to often, but I think that's why I go back to it so often is because it's newish to me yeah uh, no, and so yeah. i didn't want to put it on my list because of that reason where it, it could just be a factor of i'm not sick of it yet you know um, <laughs> right which is why i didn't put hotel your band dead leaves on there right so i right. didn't put it on mine because of that but it is one i i go to often i knew of it from the coca-cola commercial i had seen it in the past but the, the new version that came out last year blows that one out of the water because it's you know an actual studio take of it so uh, good choice. I return to this one often, and it is very happy. Uh, good song. Agreed. What you got, James? Next for me is, uh, I can see it's on your list as well, Icky Thump is the next oh, choice we I have, got. We, f- <laughs> we finally have one that I have on here. In exactly the same spot, dude. Really? No way. That's cool. Yeah, six. Yeah, Icky Thump. I mean, that made my list for sure. Yeah, this song is a milestone for Jack, for the White Stripes. It was a new style of music that they were writing in a way. You know, it, it felt very contemporary, but holding to Jack's, you know, truths. And it was the first single that came out. It was the first preview. I remember hearing this on K-Rock uh, <laughs> before the album came out, and I thought it was the coolest thing i've ever heard me and you paul we talk about often that yep. when we hear a new jack white album there's always a song where we go well that's just the coolest thing that i've ever heard and this <laughs> was that on on that yeah. album so i love that's exactly it. why it was on my list too i agree with everything you're saying i think we've talked about this one we did an album review on it it's the eponymous track of that album of the same name and one of the finest examples of the white stripes that they ever recorded as far as i'm concerned yeah Totally. So next on my list here, since Icky Thump was taken, I am going now to really the first ballad we've talked about here. I'm lonely, but I ain't that lonely yet. Ah, that's a good one. Are you my friend when I need one? I need someone to be one. Take anybody. this song because it's it, it, it is moody okay it is sad it is a little plodding but it's also really funny and there's lyrics in it that almost celebrate depression and make it okay to feel bad let's just separate depression from sadness because i think he's mopey but not necessarily depressed that's fair. I always took it as, the, and maybe I'm reading into that because if when I've had moments of depression or when I've had moments of extreme sadness, that song in particular very much helped uh, yeah. listening to it because it says, I get you, I'm on your level, and isn't it funny? 
all this dumb stuff that's happened and how rotten the world seems right mm-hmm. right now and isn't isn't it funny and there's something kind of comforting about that and it's full of hope as far as i'm concerned even though it's this really sad dirty song it's sort of this i can almost see it played in some some cigarette smoke filled cabaret room or something it's just there's uh there's something about it so i i I really find that magical that's off of the album get behind me satan by the white stripes yeah solid choice good song my next song is actually off the same album it's white moon talk about extensively in the last episode under great white northern lights part three yeah because they they play it at the end of the documentary and i think that's when both of us decided to love this song was because of that scene. <laughs> um it's powerful it's moody it feels like the correct song the stripes should end on yeah it's ethereal i don't know it, it there's something about it there's a quality to it that turns it from a a slow ballad into it's a tribute uh, i think yeah like i don't know language like I, it just feels like they're talking through that song uh, yeah you know we've we talked about this one a lot on the show and it was on my bubbling under list it was actually on my main list for a really long time and then eventually i did i did move it to my auxiliary picks but when you re- go in and replace rita with meg mm-hmm. boy does that song open up for you i don't know if they've ever actually talked about that specifically but when you're listening to the lyrics that's how i interpret them mm-hmm. and when i did that boy did the song open up and did it ex- and it explained why meg broke down and cried on his shoulder about it so fantastic choice james thank you what's your next my next one is a little more upbeat let's build a home That's not one I would have put on, but that's a good choice nonetheless. Again, it's, do I come back to it? And boy, do I come back to it. That's from the album De Style or De Steel. We never quite figured out how to pronounce that. Yeah, De Steel is the correct pronunciation, and it's a translated to The Style, so whatever. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Jack Rockers. It's preceded by this child talking. and I wish I had a little red box to put my best friends in i take them out and and put them back again and uh and then it just kicks in and it's just relentless and it's a lot of fun and i return to this song there's another one on here that's similar which you would never think to put on a list like this that i do because i just listen to it all the time and that's what i love about jack sometimes he just erupts in this crazy far out rock and roll music so that's my that's my pick let's build a home that's an interesting choice to say the least the next song i have is another get behind me satan tune it's take 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 ah that was on my list i i figured it would be but (laughs) 
had to take it, Paul. Uh, this song is uh, was immediately one of my favorites on that album. That album was definitely one that had to grow on me. But this song was was one of the outstanding songs that I liked immediately. A really good song about fame. It made me rethink every choice I've ever made in front of a famous person. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it, about it all the time when I'm around famous people. I'm very conscious of it, uh, of myself. If I'm asking for autographs or anything or pictures, uh, it's just something I have to... It's a song that really had an effect on me as a person. And uh, I think it's a song that's very affecting musically and, and lyrically as well. I think I think it's a really well-composed song with a very interesting juxtaposition between the music. You know, there's some really nice rhythmic sections and then there's a very jarring kind of screechy chorus and of him shouting yeah. take at me and i'm like i'm sorry I'm taking <laughs> from you, Jack. it's a story <laughs> song with a point i love it I, I i can't speak enough of it i i think you and i are completely simpatico on that one my next choice here is little acorns Woo! <laughs> Old choice. I chose Little Acorns for similar reasons huh. that you chose Take, Take, Take. I think about Little Acorns all the time. Take all <laughs> your problems and rip them apart. It's about pacing yourself and not getting overwhelmed and taking it one step at a time. And I come back to it often and it's a weird song. It's off of their album Elephant and it's it's definitely a weird tune because it's got that long spoken word intro and then the music that echoes it. But uh, it's, it's one that I think about often and I return to constantly. It's, I mean, it's a good song. I really like the song. I think it gets a bad rap because of its theming. Like everybody knows it as the squirrel one. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little <laughs> odd, but I do really enjoy the song. And I agree with you. You know, the message that he's trying to say is something I do think about too, from time to time, you know, you know, yeah. all my problems are conquerable as long as I take them one step at a time. Just put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> Another song I go to often for very different uh, well, reasons. Um, well, what do you got next, James? What, what is your next song you're going to go to? My next go-to is Steady As She Goes. Ah, on my list for a while but i moved it to bubbling yeah it takes the theme from little acorns and builds a, an entire life around it that and they sing about <laughs> it so it's a good story it's a good song probably my favorite on broken boy soldiers an album that i go to often but is not my favorite rack and tours album uh but still good song steady song maybe jack white's most commercially successful song aside from seven nation army Yes. Or Icky Thumb. A great choice, James. We're just going to keep plowing through these here. Next up, for me, I've got The Nurse. The maid that you've hired could never conspire to kill. 
to mother, not quietly smother you when you're most ill. The one that you're trusting, suspiciously dusting the sill. And it's a controversial hot pick, but... I love The Nurse. I go back to it constantly. It's the second track off my favorite White Stripes album, Get Behind Me, Satan. And I love The Nurse. I don't care what anybody says. Fantastic song. Good choice. We'll continue going through these. Um, (laughs) My next pick is Lazaretto. Damn it. This song, another one that we had talked about was the coolest thing we had ever heard. Yes. Um, Very good song. Involves rap for the first time in a way. Yeah. Um, Maybe not for the first time, but definitely, yeah. Yeah. Good tune. Cool story. Love it to death. Good song. Yes. Well, hold on. I got to replace it now. Sorry. All right. Uh, my next pick, James, is <laughs> another quirky one. So this is another quirky one off of the steel. Your Southern Can is Mine. You might take it from the south, baby, hide it up north. Understand you can't rule me or be my boss. Take it from the east, hide it in the west. But when I get a mama, you can't see no rest. So they are used to thinking no job to me. Now, I know it's a cover. Ooh. I know it's a cover, and I know it's kind of a weird, misogynistic sort of song, but I'm I'm putting it on here because I go back to it constantly. I love the way Jack and Meg sing it. They sound like they're having so much fun singing it. And it's one of my favorite White Stripes songs, even though I get it's a cover. I, didn't, I tried not to include covers on here too much, but uh, that was one of them I just had to include it because I love it so much. Could I tell you exactly why? Not really. I just think they sound really happy singing it. And I, I put that one in Let's Build a Home Together. Boom. I'm good. Good choice. Yeah, I try not to include covers too, but, uh, but still solid choice. I think I may have had one. I don't remember. My next one is Intimate Secretary. Ah... other go-to off of Broken Boy Soldiers. I was close. I was uh, close on Intimate Secretary. In fact, it was in, yeah. it's in my bubbling under, you can see here. It's a fantastic use of Brendan and Jack's duality, the, the yeah. ability to, to play rock and pop in the same song. I love it. It's got really dumb lyrics at the same time as being really interesting and we learned about a lot of masonic references which i had no idea about so yeah really solid pick Uh, i had it in my bubbling under list too i love that song i go back to it constantly my next pick here is handsprings i took my girl to go bowling downtown at the red door after an argument i started because i thought she didn't like me anymore i can't help it sometimes i feel pitiful and of course she's so young and beautiful (laughs) 
Ooh. And I I love the song Handsprings. It's one of those very early single tracks, never on a uh, album proper release, but there's it, it's got a lot of energy and it's a story song. And it's uh, it sounds a little southern, but it's also got that Stooges on it. And yeah, I just I could listen to Handsprings all day long. Classic Jack White, classic White Stripes. Yeah, good tune. Love Handsprings, James. Love it. Love those Handsprings. My next pick. We're gonna plow right to the next one. Is gonna be old enough. Uh, another one on my auxiliary list yeah uh, one that i thought i'd be sick of but i'm not because they they have like four different versions of this they put it out as a single a few times but you know one of the more complex songs the raconteurs ever put out and uh one that can fit the country mold the rock and roll mold the folk mold it's a Saying mold a lot is more challenging than I thought. It's a it's a good tune. Yeah, you can interpret this one as sort of like talking down to whoever it's aimed at or something like that, but I don't. It's just kind of... I think this is one of those uh, singles actually we talked about in the Greatest Hits episode that was like his first adult contemporary hit, mm. which makes perfect sense. It's one of many get-off-my-lawn songs that Jack White has put out. My next song is another raconteur song, this time from their first album, Store-Bought Bones. Now, we've talked about this one a lot on the program. As you said, James, there's those coolest songs we've ever heard songs. Uh, We mentioned Lazaretto. We mentioned Icky Thump. Store-Bought Bones is up there for me. An early clue to the new direction, you might say. And uh, I could listen to Store-Bought Bones. New direction, you say? Oh. Oh, wait, that's one direction. I love Store-Bought Bones. It's a perfect blend of Jack and Brandon and a badass tune. Yeah, good choice. Love it to death. Man, I've been saying that a lot today. I guess that's my catchphrase for the night. Yeah. Um, The next song on my list was actually pulled from my auxiliary because this is where Temporary Ground was, is Baby Brother. Baby Brother. What? Uh, single. What? Yeah, it's a sing. <laughs> it's a B-side off of Vicky Thump. Good tune. It's got a 60s rock feel to it. There's something about it that just really pulls me in, and I go to this song quite often. It's quirky. It's weird. It's delightful. I love it. This is the first one where I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I could sing it for you if you'd like. <laughs> I'm a great singer. <laughs> 
It's got an Elvisy vibe to it. I really like the Elvisy vibe. Paul looks like he's not hearing Elvis, though. He looks like he's hearing the voice of Satan. I love this. Great choice, James. I can't believe I... It's got a little Perkins to it. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, so my next song here is uh, going to be another one from the Icky Thump era, Catch Hell Blues. This is yet another song that I was like, well, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And Jack's, I think it's his best slide playing. And it informed a lot of choices that would be going into his solo career later. Yeah, uh, that was the one I had on my list as well. Super cool song. Play it often. Uh, yeah. My next tune is Do. Ah. The infamous do. It's another one that that we had a shared experience of hearing a really drunk guy at <laughs> or the Jack White concert yelling play do and we we're like really that one and then we listened to it and we're like oh yeah this is awesome uh this one's off his first album yeah we had heard it before but then suddenly we listened to it with that guy's drunk ears and we're like wow this is deep <laughs> yeah uh, this is another one similar to no home for you here that has some vicious lyrics although this one doesn't have that sophistication to it yet but it it's got lyrical sophistication for sure so yeah. It's Jack White being angry and angsty, and it's like the epitome of that. It and he does it so well. Great pick, James. Uh, my next one here is uh, Many Shades of Black. song is from the Raconteur's second album. It's funny, we're picking a lot of Raconteur's second album songs. I don't really even like that album all that much, but like, it's so <laughs> funny that we're, pick, we're picking like a ton of those. Um, this is a more of a Brendan song than a Jack song, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But I picked this one for very specific reasons. This is my wife Susanna's favorite Jack White song. She sings this one in an operatic voice that sounds amazing. Adele obviously found something similar to enjoy about it because Adele's version sounds very similar to Susanna's when Susanna sings it. Obviously, Susanna hadn't heard the Adele version before, so it'll it'll hold a special place in my heart because of that. But it's just a great bluesy kind of R&B Motown tune, and Jack White's lead guitar playing in it as the knife cutting through this buttery blues 
Jack's lead guitar is just a hot knife carving right through it and everything's being obliterated around that insertion. It's just uh, incredible. Wow. <laughs> Good <laughs> explanation of it. What you got next, James? I'm going to skip my next one because it was Catch Hell Blues and you already did that. And I have my other auxiliary, but that's got to go. That's going to go at the bottom of the list, actually. So my next one is That Black Bat Licorice. <laughs> great one this song is oh it's not lyrically sophisticated in any way really it doesn't or it doesn't feel that way it doesn't feel like it just feels like a fun song this is a song i can tell jack's having fun on he's using wordplay that he usually doesn't work with or use it's got a good incorporation of his his backing band he's using them to his advantage Uh, in fact he even shouts at the end you know to hear it again with the violin and and you get to hear Fats Kaplan. Hear the same damn thing with the violin. Play that sick-ass violin tune, yeah. Yeah. Very cool song. I've listened to this blasting in my car quite often. Um, yeah. Great video, Embarrassingly, too. in the parking lot at work once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of my favorites. Great pick. So my next one here is Blue Blood Blues. Well, you put me in the task and Yet another song where I heard it and I went, "Ah, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard." Uh, this is from the <laughs> this is from the Dead Weather's second album, Sea of Cowards, and it's the opener. And much like Consoler of the Lonely, it is maybe the perfect way to open up an album. And I think it's Jack's most Jack Dead Weather song, aside from Cut Like a Buffalo. I think this one could have easily been a White Stripes song had he needed it to be possibly a raconteur song. But uh, when he says, shake your hips like battleships and all the white girls trip when I sing at Sunday service, (laughs) uh, that is just amazing. And I, I can listen to this song all day and all night. Yeah. Glad to hear some Dead Weather on this list. What's your next one, James? My next song is It's My Fault for Being Famous. I'm at the LAX, just a chick in my bag. When up comes a little paparazzi scumbag. I took a laptop, slapped him up beside his head. The cops want to know why I left him for dead. It ain't his fault for being nameless. It ain't his fault for Ooh, one on my auxiliary list. Yeah, the fact that Beck was involved in this one only makes it better. It's a comedic tune. You can really hear some of Jack's comedy in this song. And it, it, it's fun. It's rowdy. I like it. it. It's it's another take, take, take kind of situation where I, I think about this song a little bit too and I'm interacting with famous people. Um, yeah, me too. Because, you know, it's, it's about people assaulting a famous person because they think it's their right. And... I don't know. It's funny. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think about it every time I'm at LAX. I'm at the LAX just to check in my bag, and that pops a little paparazzi scumbag. And, uh, James, I think when I first moved out to Los Angeles and I first got here, I think that was my first text message to you. I was at the LAX just to check in my bag. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it was. My next song is kind of a quirky one. Hippopotamus, poor boy. Call me whatever you may. Yeah, I ain't stopping the train. I got a bill for the pain. Hippopotamus, poor boy. Poor boy. And I know that I can't defeat you. Yeah, but you don't worry now. I ain't going to preach to you. Ah, that was on my list. Yeah, so this one is from Blunderbuss, Jack's first solo album, and it was one of the ones, when I first listened to Blunderbuss all the way through, I actually wasn't quite sure what to make of it all the way. I liked it, I knew I liked it, but it wasn't until I got to this song where I was like, ah, listen to this goofball being goofy, because it's a pun, like the title is a play on Hippopotamus, but it's Hip-Eponymous, I think it's about hipsters. And frankly, it's one of those times where Jack uses a weird long word that is not used very often, like avuncular, like histrionic, that I, I find he finds new meaning in it and it's, it sounds fresh and awesome. So Hippopotamus, poor boy. Also, I played Blunderbuss pretty ad nauseum when that album came out. And this is one of the ones that got firmly stuck mm-hmm. in my wife Susanna's head, much to her chagrin. She did not care for it being stuck in there at all. So it'll always remind me of that. Where she, where she like came, up, came yeah. up to me after work and was like, why am I singing Hippopotamus, poor boy? I hate you. Yeah, this song taught me the word eponymous. Uh, I, I had no idea what that word meant before this, but now I do and I'm happy for it. Yeah. My next pick is Five on the Five. Ooh. It's a decision that was made between you and me. Another decision that was lazy and it's hard to see. surprises even me that it's on my list yeah but this song i was going through and it's really fun rock tune it it's very uh first album raconteurs mm-hmm. even though it's on the second album consolers yeah. of the lonely a lot of consolers songs it's, on these lists james yeah i like consolers yeah. i really do <laughs> that's my second well that is my favorite jack white album is consolers of the lonely wow good song i mean there's not much to say about it really for me it's just i really love it i think it's a really fun song fair enough it gets my blood a pumping yeah this next song of mine was on my auxiliary list but uh, i graduated it when you stole uh and we picked the same song this is the denial twist So the denial hey. twist, it's from uh, the album Get Behind Me Satan. No surprise, my list is packed full of Satan songs. It's a great piece of songwriting, and it's one of those songs when that album first came out where people who weren't like Jack White fans were listening to it. And I think it's a I think it's mm. a wonderful, wonderful tune. It's deep, but it's also simple, and it's a great lyric, a really, really tight lyric. So denial twist. Yeah. Good choice. Love that song. My next song is Impossible Winner. Drag my body through the sand. Drag my body down the road. Drag me up to the end. Turn around. Here I am. Drag me down, down low. Down, down some more. Makes 
on there it's tough because it's definitely an allison moss Hart song you know it yeah it's it's weird but jack plays on it he's on it for sure and he true. encouraged allison to put it on this album true um, true true but all true it's a dead weather song through and through i love this song so much it is so different it doesn't fit the dead weather at all and yet it fits perfectly on dodge and burn it's a really good song really great video music video for it showcases some of Allison Moss Hart's singing and songwriting and Jack definitely plays his part in the backing band quite well and uh, I think it's a great worthwhile top 52 song Paul wouldn't you say I I was gonna put it on there and I ultimately didn't because I just felt like it's such a Moss Hart song but you know what I had another one that was very similar like that on there and I kept that one so I should have just been ballsy like you and put it on there uh, I think it's a great, great pick. And it's <laughs> Jack White is such a distinct drummer, but on that song, he sounds like a tight session drummer. Yeah. He sounds like you could just insert him into like a Manford Man tour or like put him behind the kit of just some other band. And yeah, he's stylized. But you know what? He can also kind of just hold it down. He's like a good drummer, you know? So great pick. Thank you. My next one is also uh, another one of the slower ballady songs from Lazaretto, Alone in My Home. This is another one where I felt like Lily mm. May really escalated the harmony, and I think it's a beautiful piece of songwriting and sums up kind of his kooky Howard Hughes-ishness sometimes in a in a way that's whimsical, but also kind of touching. So these stones that are thrown against my bones, you know, the lyrics like that, really good stuff. Yeah. That's what I got. And good Lily May singing on that song as well. Yeah. My next one is... Another song off of the Dead Weathers Dodge and Burn, it's Mile Markers. I creep, but I don't move in the breeze like I used to. I've been backwards up the elbows and the knees. It's a standout, standout on the album. A song that had me curious when Sea of Cowards came out because it was on uh, one of the hidden songs on the label. And I fell in love with this song when I got Dodge and Burn. It's one that I just put on constantly. It's one I would skip tracks to get to. Uh, Me too. It's a good song. It showcases some of uh, Little Jack Lawrence's bass playing. And he's doing it in unique ways. Uh, As he can show you in the, uh, the Dodge and Burn promo video he did. Good song. I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually another one that I had on my auxiliary list. I think Dodge and Burn is kind of a mixed bag on a whole, but when that one knocks it out of the park, it's gone. That ball is gone. So I agree completely, and Mar- mm. Mile Markers is one of those. Uh, my next pick here is uh, Never Far Away. And the dead beneath my heels in the road me as I go and though it helps me know you'll never fall 
from the Cold Mountain soundtrack. Yeah. And I uh it's 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 another beautiful song that I never really even thought to listen to prior to the acoustic recordings album and it's Jack not being Jack and to me shows his versatility in writing a sweet little effervescent Donovan song basically or McCartney tune. So Never Far Away is one I go back to all the time and I really I, I think it's a beautiful tune. Yeah. And he plays it. He, there's a great version of it that he plays with John Peel. And so, yeah, really, really cool. Interesting pick. Even though I, I've heard that song previously, it's one I kind of lump with Love is the Truth because it's so recent to me on my playlists. Yeah. That I, I might go to it so often because I haven't heard it so much. So I don't know. Yeah. I do like the song and I, I think it's a solid choice, though. Yes. My next song, uh, you talk about esoteric in the beginning. My next song is Red Bowling Ball Ruth. Ah, nice. This has got some of that really quirky songwriting. It's very beat poetry almost you yeah. know i don't know it's it's got that angsty teen thing that jack was doing for a long time in the uh, in his early days it's got some really harder edged rock than they they normally do mixed in with this spoken word almost kind of deal it's poetry it's great i think yeah. it's a really fun t- i keep saying that i keep saying things are fun it's a fun song though <laughs> it is it is it's very Good story fun. yeah um my next one here is another Dead Weather song. I cut like a buffalo. This song is, I think, my favorite song off of their debut album, Whorehound. It's the song I was attracted to first by the Dead Weather. And I like, much like Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground, I think I cut like a buffalo. It's sort of a template song. Mm-hmm. Jack really takes that kind of a song structure and chord progression and uses it elsewhere in this, much in the same way he, he does with Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground. So I do think that one really was a one of those creative turning points for him. And plus it's funny and crazy and the video makes it only extra special so i cut like a buffalo good choice that was on my list as well my next pick is blue orchid I know uh, me and you have disagreed about Blue Orchid in the past, Paul, but I have a soft spot for it. I think it's an interesting song on Get Behind Me, Satan. I think it doesn't fit with the rest of the album, but at the same time, I think it fits in theme with the rest of the album. Yeah. And by itself, it's a song I put on quite a lot. So the Jack playing this at uh, at Bonnaroo is still one of my favorite live cuts of his. It's, it's good. I think we we talked about this one a lot during the Would You Fight For My Love episode 15, I want to say, of the podcast. And it's not one of my favorites, but you know what? It kind of grew on me a little bit after we talked about it, and I think it's a, it's a fine song. So good pick there, James. My next one is Another Way to Die. Yeah, darling, open. I want to walk you back. I'm dropping the 
song that Jack White wrote and then recorded with Alicia Keys for the Quantum of Solace James Bond soundtrack. A great Bond song, a great Jack song. To me, Another Way to Die is kind of up there with like The World is Not Enough, tuned by Garbage and Live and Let Die from Wings. And it's up there with the best Bond tunes. Good choice. I could listen to Another Way to Die all day i i you keep saying it's fun i keep saying i could listen to it all day these are the songs i go back to the most i go back to another way to die all the time good choice and one i didn't even think of this song instantly takes me back to the day i quit six flags uh because (laughs) i i worked one day at six flags and by one day i mean i went through the training and then on my first day i quit um (laughs) but i remember i quit because i wanted to sit at home and listen to my new jack white record (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was another way to die. I had just yeah. gotten the 45 in the mail. Uh, and I was like, I'd rather listen to this than drive 45 minutes to a theme park and be retail and play. <laughs> uh, it makes me sound like scumbag. I probably was. I mean, I was a 16 year old. Ass- <laughs> who knows? Uh, um, my next pick is because it would have been hippopotamus, poor boy, but you stole it. <laughs> so I'm going with Canon. Canon is uh, what I would call the Trisket of the White Stripes world because it's it it's a carrier of Jack's tangential song smithing. You know, he'll he'll be at a concert and he will start out with Canon and then he'll dive into John the Revelator or he'll dive into some other obscure Delta Blues song. And whenever I hear Canon all I can think is I'm going to hear something that I had never heard before. I'm either going to hear a solo that I will go nuts over or I'm going to hear a song that I'm less familiar with. And so I really enjoy – I get a giddy feeling every time I hear Canon. Yeah, it's a, it's a really – that's a really good choice. Uh, another template song, that one you can hear footprints of it or the DNA of it and a lot of other Jack material from early in his career. My next one here is Effect and Cause. No. Well, you can't take- Uh, we've talked about this one on the show a little bit affecting cause is the album closer on icky thump mm-hmm. it's the most vicious song jack has ever written and uh it'll always remind me of a bad breakup i went through and boy it was uh it, this song has done everything from be quoted on in the united states uh house of representatives to the coldest car on the highway on january 1st of 2000 and f- so uh anyway <laughs> it's uh it's a wonderful tune and i couldn't make a list without affecting cause because even though it has all those bad memories i still love it and listen to it all the time yeah well sometimes those bad memories really implant the songs and stuff we have around us at the time and not necessarily for the worse sometimes for the better yeah especially with a song that has lyrics as uh, tangential as those ones. Yeah. My next tune is actually Hello Operator. Ooh. Hello Operator. Can you give me number nine? Can I see 
I was close on this one. It's on my bubble and under list. It's different. It's quirky. I I like the different quirky ones. It's got that really amazing Meg tapping on the side of her drum kit, you know, solo in it. It's good. I Yeah. I really I don't know. I I find that I listen to this one more um, often than many other, you know, White Stripes original songs this one's off of the style right it's one of those early songs that i go back to more often than others yeah that's a great one i tend to lump that one in with little bird a little bit and you're pretty good looking like those are three songs that i find to be kind of almost homogenized into one sort of long sort of song real quick jack white has a song called little bird little room little ghost little cream soda (laughs) yeah a lot of littles going uh he's a lot of littles. Sorry. I just thought uh, my, that was interesting. No, that's cool. Uh, my next one is Screwdriver. I call out Tommy now. I call him on the telephone. I want to wake up and come with me now. I'm going through the pond and low. Walking down 33. I'm walking down 34. From the White Stripes debut album, uh-huh. I would say another template song for Jack White. Uh, you hear the DNA of this one <laughs> in a lot of his other songs. Uh, a raucous rocker. I never get tired of seeing, hearing, experiencing this one live, especially. But, you know, there's actually a killer version of this from Conan that I, I go back to actually sometimes more than the album cut. But love Screwdriver. Yeah, it's the song he closed the boat show in Canada. Yeah, a lot of good live versions of this. My next pick is Take Me With You When You Go off of Blunderbuss. This, this one starts off as almost an instrumental. There's this something about this song. I always skip to it towards the end of the album. Blunderbuss is not my favorite album by any means, but it has some gems in it that I go back to often. Uh, and this is this is one of them. This is also the song they used to, to show the, the pressing of the album in a little tour yeah. of United Pressing Plant. And I don't know, that sticks in my memory as an interesting sound, a backing track. Sure. The piano break into the tic-tac bass, or I don't know if it's tic-tac bass or regular bass, uh, when it's... Mm-hmm. It's some of the finest piece of music on, on all of Blunderbuss, maybe throughout his entire career. I just love that little one that the fiddle comes in. Great stuff. Uh, my next one here, and we're getting to the end here, Two Against One... Rome soundtrack so it is I guess you would say partially written by Jack White he supplied lyrics to a song that already had music 
but it's a great song about being at odds with oneself. It was one that stuck out to me when the Rome soundtrack came on during that initial Jack drought, and I love it very dearly, return to it often, and love it when he plays it live. Yeah, good song. My next pick is going to be Treat Me Like Your Mother. Off of the Dead Weather's first album, Whorehound, it is pretty much your first introduction to Alison Mosshart being in a part of Jack White's business. Mm. It's got some of Alison's uh, finest vocal work on, on there, I think. And uh, yeah, Yes. It's a good song. Great tune. My next one here was one that was on my auxiliary list that I had to bump up, Love Interruption. I want love to walk right up and bite me, grab a hold of me and fight me, leave me dying on the ground. And I want love to spit my mouth wide open and cover up my ears and never let me hear a sound. I want love to forget that you offended me or how you had to. It's the, uh, it was the first song we had heard from Blunderbuss. It was the first song we had heard from the Jack White solo era proper, I would say, even though we had heard solo songs from him before. And really strong lyric on this. And even though it's a pared-down acoustic song, it may as well be a full-on rock orchestra because that's how powerful the music is and the songwriting is. It doesn't have to have electric guitar on it to be electric. Uh, this song so love love interruption yeah a song that jack white's mother called him up and said are you what, what's with this lyric about stabbing your mother um my final pick and song number 51 on our top 52 is actually going to be an odd choice but a, okay it's going to be cold cold night i saw you standing in the corner on the edge of a Um, yeah okay this is some of the only meg white singing we get and i have grown really attached to it after doing all the research for under great white northern lights because they played it at every single show in canada uh, because it's fitting thematically and it's also fitting for the documentary it makes me look at meg more as a part of the band Mm -hmm. you know it's slinky yeah in a weird, in a different kind of way, you know, I, she's not just drumming along to Jack's playing anymore. She's stepping in front and putting yeah. herself out there, and she's not the type of person who usually puts herself out there. So, yeah, I appreciate this song a great deal, and it's a, uh, you know, it's risen to be one of my favorites. It's a slinky little tune, very cabaret. It's great, and I love, I, like you say, I love hearing it live. My last pick and song number fifty-two, Ball and Biscuit. Have a ball and a biscuit, sugar, and take our sweet little time about it. Let's have a ball, girl, and take our 
This is one that was on my auxiliary list. I bumped up Ball and Biscuit. That was the first time I ever felt like I understood Jack White on a record. Yeah. I remember. I remember distinctly. I was in my college dorm, my freshman year. It was 2003. It was cold outside. It was a fall day in New York City in the Lower East Side, and I was just like, "Whoa!" Th- somebody a million miles away in Detroit connected with me in that moment, and um, I felt. I was like, I think I'm a fan. I think I'm going to be a fan. So Ball and Biscuit <laughs> rounds it out for me. So that that concludes our list of top 52 songs. James, do you want to do you want to hear what my auxiliary picks were real fast? Sure. I had also Why Can't You Be Nicer to Me, Party of Special Things to Do, 60 Feet Tall, Astro, City Lights, Apple Blossom, I Want to Be the Boy to Warm Your Mother's Heart, I'm Slowly Turning Into You, Just One Drink, Rag and Bone, Will There Be Enough Water, Level, Let's shake hands, hypocritical kiss, and I feel love every million miles. Nice. Good ox picks. And we had eleven we had eleven holdover songs, eleven songs that we both chose uh from my list. That's surprisingly fewer than I thought. I really I thought we would uh clash a little bit more. Yeah. Good picks, Paul. We did it. We got to fifty two. <laughs> Support for the Third Man Podcast comes from listeners like you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and like us on social media. All right, all right. Uh, So without further ado, we're going to throw it to Amy. The heart of the operation. honor of presenting the third person segment of the show. The third person is a different guest every week of which I was one. So thank you again, guys, for letting me be on the show. There have been many guests along the way, but tonight we look back to the very first. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome our third man this week, Michael Jositis. Paul, James, and Jack, many congratulations and kudos on making it to uh, one year worth of podcasts. Um, I hope that this continues in the future and that there are no lawsuits involved from uh, from the Mr. White estate. Um, but I thank you guys so much for all the great commentary analysis and, uh, and random facts that you've given us to the world so far. So thank you so much. And now I'd like to introduce many of the other listeners to the Third Man podcast to share some other special anniversary uh, celebration messages. So take it away, third people. Greetings and salutations. This is Rob Janos from the band Asphalt Gray, and you are listening to the Third Men Podcast One Year Anniversary Spectacular. I'm honored to have been a guest on the show this year because I'm a huge fan of what Paul and James do every week. They're a great resource for the Jack White fan community, and I can't wait to see what the next year brings them. Congratulations, gentlemen. You've earned it. I'll catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is Rain. I wanted to take a moment to thank you guys. Your podcast has been both helpful and amusing. I came to find the Jackiverse late in the game, but you guys have helped me to catch up weekly, and I appreciate it immensely. I've learned so much from listening to you guys goofing around 
that I almost feel as if I've been along for the entire ride. So thank you guys, truly, for being my tour guide since the very beginning of my Jack fandom. Hey, this is Steven Scott, and I wanted to tell you guys what an awesome job you're doing with the show, and congratulations on celebrating one year. I came for the Jack Wife history, but I stayed for the Jackson. And it's been awesome tuning in each week to learn more about Jack's musical influences and the extended third man family. So keep up the good work and long live Carl Butterball and Peepers. Hi, my name is Daniela. First of all, cheers to everyone who is part of the Jack Wife family. And now for you guys, thank you so much for all the effort you put into the podcast. It's really great. I love it. And congrats on your first anniversary. I hope you have many, many more in the future. Keep it going. Hi, this is Adrian King, the punk rock queen. Just wanted to say congratulations on the first anniversary of the podcast, guys. I have been a listener since the beginning, and I find every week I'm learning new things, and I love the way that you guys present all of the history lessons to us with humor and so many facts that I never knew about. I just love learning new things about my favorite musician slash artist and all of the quote-unquote jackalites in the jack world. So I can't wait to see what you have in store for the next year of the podcast. And I always feel like I am the third man. So congratulations again, and I will keep on listening, and I hope uh, for so many more exciting episodes in the future. All right, take care. See you on the flip side. Hello, this is Colin White from the UK band Joe Symes and the Loving Kind. And if you like Jack White or anything Jack White related, then I recommend the Third Men podcast. My name is Gilles LeBlanc, otherwise known as Rock Thusiast on the internet, and I'd like to wish the Third Man podcast a very happy one year anniversary. And I'd also like to thank Jack White very much for being a big part of my life over the last, uh, I guess, 15 or so years. You and your music have been uh, very important to uh, my family and I. And uh, it's one of those things where I'm not quite sure what I would be doing without it. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, continued success to things like the Third Man Podcast, uh, where we can uh, celebrate uh, all the great things that uh, you continue to create. So all the best. Hey there, my name is Fernando, and it was a great honor to be a part of the Third Man podcast for one episode, and I think you guys are doing a great job, and I hope you continue to provide information to fans and be a good place to discuss music in general. My name is Yvette Wilkins, and I want to say thanks to Paul and James for doing their homework to present an interesting Jack White-themed topic every week. I've learned so much. The interviews, the jokes, the third men, and all the extras are so much fun, and I enjoy this every week. Looking forward to year two. Thanks, guys. Everyone, this is Arielle, and James and Paul have now been doing this for one whole year. I don't know what else to say. Oh no, what do you have to say? 
<laughs> she bit it. Good job. No, that's Kona. a bad job. Don't teach her to eat my microphone. I won't. All right, say hi. She didn't say anything. We haven't taught her to speak. Anyway, I hope that you will continue doing this because you guys seem to have a good time doing it. Happy anniversary. <laughs> it's the paper anniversary. We get Whoa. our cease and desist papers for this one. <laughs> Congratulations. It's pretty crazy. And now we're going to kick it to Jeremy Ryle. He's keeping us on those rails, Paul. This is Jeremy Riles. Each week, the Third Man Podcast ends with a listener appreciation segment where James and Paul run down the list of listeners who are both new and reoccurring. Some of us even get nicknames, though they never ask me about mine. In school, I really didn't ever have a nickname. Regardless, here are James and Paul with the listener names for this week. Thank you for the intro, Jeremy. We're going to blow through some thank yous here. And uh, we have some new people who are listening to the show, and we'd like to give a shout-out to Mary Lyman on Twitter. Maybe a relation to Andre High School. We've got Mitchell, or at Mr. Self Abuse. We've got Bravo Golf Lima, which may be one of those activation codes for sleeper agents, or at Benjamin G. Lund on Twitter. We've got Wendy George, or at Winberly George. We've got Maria June Garvin. We've got Zane Flink. We've got Scotty G. Strongneck. We've got Stormy Blue Hayworth in a place so Cita. We've got Cammy or at Puke Green. And we've also got Tina Marie. Thank you all. We appreciate every last one of you. Yes, I appreciate your neck so strong. <laughs> Thank you all, and uh, as always, we'd like to thank our listeners who are here day in, day out, who are contacting us through Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and all those things. We would like to thank Kate McCoy, the Bones of the Operation. We'd like to thank Jeremy Riles, keeping us on those rails. My, oh me, we have me, oh my. We have Eileen Corsano seeing you over there, Eileen. We've got Andre Ice Cold Lyman. <laughs> We have Kelly Durga, our third person in spirit always. We've got Adrian King, the punk rock queen. We've got the Red Red Rain Prosper. Ha <laughs> ha! It's LOL 2.0. Don't forget about the heart of the operation, Amy Hart. We've got Andrew Dodson over here. Eric Andrew Dodson over here. We've got Yvette Wilkins, because we're Wilkin on Sunshine. S.A. Franco, what? does that mean it's been 52 episodes essay franco what does the essay stand for unless it's like essay you're writing an essay about mr james franco anyway we've also got lastly david poe i'm going with the, the cabaret version again paul <laughs> it's the greatest hits I love it. I love it. And so we'd like to thank everybody who participated in this very special episode. That's one year down. And you guys, uh, if you'd like to find us, you could find us through these 
means. Yeah, you can go to facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can go to Twitter at thirdmencast. You can go to Tumblr, thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. You can check out our WordPress page, thethirdmen.wordpress.com. You can send us an email, thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our Spreaker page. That's the iHeartRadio page where we host our podcast. That is spreaker.com, and you can search The Third Men. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. You can search us on YouTube, where James has a lot of funny little animations and skits and whatnot. And then you could also rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And say, hey, send us a listener question. <laughs> yeah, Paul, and uh, thank you, everybody. This year has been fantastic. You guys have been great. I feel like this has been a masturbatory enough. So, uh, as always, I'll be looking for a home in all of our listeners' hearts, Paul. Yes, James, I will be looking one for there, too. And we'll see you next time. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. Actually introducing this segment, Paul. Because I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Yeah. Yes. Paul. Probably my favorite on Broken Boy Soldiers. I think my dog is going to bed. Patrick Stewart, I see see you in the audience over there. Thanks for uh, thanks for the support. Uh, that's right, Paul. Mike, you redeemed yourself after all those years. Sure, I'm sorry. You did a great job. Uh, Mike, why weren't you here? Talk to us. Uh, Susanna, you sang great. Andrew, you were fantastic as always. We love having you on the show. Born. Oh, man, it's such a weird thing we do. Yawn and take this air. There's all these organs in there, and it's all... Harlan That's one year down, one to go, and James, until next time, I will be Wait. looking. Oh, f- yeah, that's right, we gotta do it all again. Yeah. Uh, and, uh. And your co hosts for the evening, James and Paul Kaminsky. Somehow, I am not on this list. I intend to take that very personally. Can you turn off uh, Alexa, please? Alexa, off! Okay, I think we're done.
Great. I am so hungry. This is going to be the last one we have to do for a while. Paul didn't already say that, and I just zoned out. Nope. You took okay. a job, James. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry for sick.